0: Welcome to that hockey show, part of the Go Hockey Media Radio Network. It's time to hit the ice for some puck talk, no matter how many teeth you have left, with some of the sharpest line mates covering the game. We're going coast to coast and through the neutral zone to light the lamp with all the latest hockey chirping you can handle. So, you better keep your head up because the team at THS always finishes their checks. It's showtime. Let's drop the puck, and if we have to, drop the gloves on That Hockey Show, where the game is always on. That's right, the game is always on right here at THS. Welcome to That Hockey Show, ladies and gentlemen. It is a, I don't know, it's it's cold up north, but it's a little warm down south here in the great state of New York here. On this Thursday, February 3rd, halfway point of this 2021-22 All-Star NHL campaign before the All-Star game this weekend. Wow, I got my stuff together. But anyway, um, welcome aboard. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in here. As always, on THS, subscribe and follow us everywhere at That Hot Show. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, here on Long Island, the great state of New York. And as always, I'll be bringing in my line mates. We'll get Steve O from, uh, not the West Coast anymore, the Gulf Coast He's down in Texas. And we'll talk some Avalanche and Devils. And um, we'll also always head out to Chicago and head out and talk to our good buddy, Mr. Tad Bamford. But guess what, folks? Two weeks in a row, guess what we're doing here? No more spiel for me. We're going to get right out of the gate here, drop the puck right now, and head on up to the great city of Buffalo and talk with our good buddy, Mr. Joe Yarden! Woo, woo, woo. What's up, pal? Welcome back!
1: Paulie. it's wonderful to be back. It's always good to be back here with you, pal. It's, uh, it's fun. It's a good I time. Like, We're I having I fun like, here. I
0: like opening things with you now, man. I don't have to, you know... My little, sh- I like this. It's you know, I'm more of this kind of. Let's let's just get let's do the BS and let's just start talking. I feel like I'm the opening act now. This is good. <laughs>
1: this is good. I, I you know that's a good spot for me. Get get things started off right. Kick the, kick the door
0: down and get it started. You know. Well, here we go, buddy. So it's uh, it's All Star Weekend. It's upon us. I mean, um, there's no games on tonight, man.
1: You know what? I'm I'm okay with that for now. It's, we you know, remember remember when remember what was it? Last year, 2 years ago when the NHL had their had their uh, their marketing for the playoffs was was no soap operas, only hockey. And since that time we've had when was this? no hockey, only soap operas oh only. <laughs> oh Wait a God. second. When was
0: that marketing campaign?
1: Yeah, it was like a year ago. It wasn't that long ago. Oh dear lord. It was not long ago at all. That was, yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. It's, I think, I, I think it was the right time because I think the teams need a break. Cause, cause everybody's, you know, they had the COVID stuff. They got the injury stuff, you know, all that, you know, just everybody take a break. Hopefully there's not a, another wave of COVID stuff coming after the break. Cause and, who knows, you know, and, everybody going to Cabo for the week.
0: And just when they're sliding into Vegas. Yeah. Oh, Rocky works comes out. It just blows the whole thing. Thought it was water. gonna be a
1: nice, quiet weekend, uh, you know. Talk about the league; things are going good, things are happy, people are happy, you know. It's good times, but then uh, Rocky, uh, Rocky turned into Bullwinkle there. And you know, was, Daly, know. right?
0: Daly and Bettman do their like the, the they do like the midterm press conferences and stuff. I know Gary does, right? He's, he's yeah. around this weekend, so he, you can just imagine his head just dropping last night, going because you know that's all he's going to be asked, and deservedly
1: oh, so, of course.
0: And like here's the thing, like,
1: as insane and gross as that whole story is with the Blackhawks, it had basically gone away. you know, I mean, it wasn't at the forefront of everybody's mind at the moment, anyways. Every, you know, when you, you start talking about Chicago at at you know, at this point in time, it's like, boy, they stink you know, the, the fun ride is over for, you know, Taves and Kane and those guys, you know, like they're the, you know, the last ones the guys left from, from the title teams, essentially. Lunch breaking
0: sticks in the hallway, getting
1: pulled. Right. You know, and it's, you know, it it's, it's kind of like, wow, they're, they're going out with a, they're going out with a fizzle here. And instead it's, oh, right. Here's, they're bad, but also they're bad. They're a bad organization. Like they're bad people. And now it's right there back at the front again, as if to remind everybody, oh, right, this whole thing went down and the Blackhawks have been complete turds about the entire thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you nailed at the beginning, too, how it's, you hate anything like this to get brushed under the carpet, you know, but mm-hmm. we, it, I think this kind of, you know, you could talk about this with most storylines, you know, whether it's, it's uh, you know, unfortunately, the, 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 you know, two police officers getting killed here or, you know, people get killed on the street, car accidents and stuff, and it's a major story. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a week or two will go by in a, a month, and it's, you know, it's, it's gone. It's the next news. And, it, and I think we as people, as human beings, you you move on to the next news cycle, mm-hmm. you know? And when horrible things like this, you know, you talk about the Kyle Beach thing here with the Blackhawks. You talk about the, the you know, how, uh, you know, racism, we, we touched on last week here,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, these things that happen. And then, again, you know, um, you know, will there be anything, uh, after what happened with, uh, you know, Jordan Subban last week, will, will we see anything, you know, will that quietly hope, you know, do do they feel that will quietly hopefully go away? And, you know, springing around to that last night, you know what? I, I don't have any sympathy for Rocky Wirtz. And uh, I want to get into this too. Did you see the TNT roundtable last night too at all? I did. Okay. I did, so and let's it talk was... about that a little bit as well. I mean, I thought Gretzky was bang on about the whole thing, it's, you know, that whole perspective. And, you know, it's 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 bigger than image, but as far as the PR and handling this thing, and, uh, I mean, all you can do is sit back from and, and guys like us who have been around the, the league for, for years and covering teams and just being dying hard for, you know, and, and I have no problem saying it here, that's a shit show in Chicago. And to see <clears throat> that really come out last night and getting what you're saying about it being brushed under the carpet a little bit, it's, I guess, for Kyle Beach and, and anybody else who've been victimized, and to prevent future people from being victimized, it's probably good that it came back out last night and reared its ugly head, so everybody's reminded of it.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm, it, and it's like it's like you said, Paulie. You know, the the news cycles move so quickly now that you know it's it's you know people the the attention spans for everybody is very quick. And, you know, it's, it's boom, boom, boom. It's one thing after another. There's so much stuff going on. The hockey world right now, there ain't nothing going on because, you know, there's no games, everybody's on break. And then you have this whole thing happen last night and it's like, oh, right. Yeah, that. Because all-Star breaks always a time for people to pause and look back and, and you know, and usually, you know 99, 98 percent of the time you're looking back at how the team's performed, what players are doing, looking ahead to the you know second half of the season, that whole thing. But when you got a story like this, like this this story isn't one that should ever go away. Like this is one that should haunt the Blackhawks forever as far as, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the way that they're, that investigation that they that they put together. Played out was that basically it was the fault of everybody who was no longer there, and everybody who is there, uh, they had nothing to do with it. Which I don't know, call me a cynic, but I don't ever believe that's the case. No, especially and I... when you, especially when you got owners involved. Now, I, I, now, listen, I get it. There's always a thing with ownership where they get kept out of the loop enough. So that they can have, they can just be like, "Oh, I had no idea this was going on." Where you know, I mean, it looks bad, but also like, you know, owners don't know about stuff until stuff gets really serious. And I find it even still from that, you know, shielding the owner from from stuff of the everyday goings-on kind of way of thinking about things. There's no way the
0: worst has had no idea this stuff was going on. And if there's you wanna, no way. And if you want to give them that that little bit of reprieve that maybe they didn't know about it, right? It's what mm-hmm. they do after they'd find out about it, their actions. And that's what, that's last night with, uh, you know, Wurtz. I mean, that's where it's, that's just horrible. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, how do you dig yourself out of that last night? I mean, because, and the only way he can is now you, now you, if they were quietly trying to, you know, keep this quiet and just move on and hopefully everybody will forget about it, that's done now. Yeah. And Gretzky just brought up a great point, how it kind of trickles down, to you know, just decent people, and you know their kids. They're mm-hmm. you know because I mean we can go on and on, but I'll throw it back to right. you. But that's that's where the genesis, the big corporations, the guys in power, the money, and all that other stuff. At the end of the day, there are human. There's There's people behind. Um, there's the victims. There's the predators. Mm-hmm. There's the 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 accountability. There's the owners, and it's it's what you do. You know. It's like the cleaner. It's like Mr. Wolf in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pulp Fiction. You know? Yeah. The Wolf in yeah. Pulp Fiction, all, he cleans it up, and he, and hopefully nobody finds out about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've right. got people that got to clean in, come in, clean them, get rid of everybody, and then stand accountability and say, this is never going to happen again.
1: Yeah. And that's the, the, the whole thing from Chicago's standpoint, you know, from the very get-go in this was— to make it go away as quickly as possible. You know, uh, we got a problem here. Make make it go away. You know, make sure that make sure, you know, as few people as possible know about this and we'll take care. We'll take care of things from then on. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a mob mentality kind of thing there. You know, stereotypical mob mentality. I can't I don't know how the mob actually works, but like you know, how we see it in the movies, that's the way it is. Make this go away. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how Chicago's treated this, uh, from the start. And, and even after it got very out in the open and, and everything started coming out about this, this, you know, just these last few months, their attitude was still that way. They were still like, you know, this is, this is bad for business. We've got to, we got we to gotta make this go away. And, you know, even though, you know, there's the lawsuit coming to them, which they should be paying out the nose for let's, let's, let's face facts. Um, even still, when that whole thing broke out and everybody knew about it, their stand on it was like, oh, we'd like to get the lawsuit dismissed because it was too long ago. Go to hell. Like, go directly to hell. Don't pass go. Go shake hands with the devil because you already did that. You did it once before. You know, like that's that's, you know, and I, I know there's like legalese with that. I don't care. I don't care. Like it, it's it, it's human lives that you've, you've ruined at least at least one guy directly probably two, three, four, five others indirectly by letting this this guy Aldrich go and then giving him letters of recommendation for jobs elsewhere. Like, yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, man, like you, you talk about smoking guns and having blood on the hand, the cliches, the whole thing. Blackhawks got it, man. Like the prints are on everything with this. And this could have been nipped right in the bud from the start and they decided to just be like nope we we are not going to acknowledge any of this we we want no part in this uh we're just going to make it go away well they didn't make it go away they just shipped it somewhere else
0: yeah and it's uh and then and then you look at the panel last night uh not TNT's panel but um the the you know the, the 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 what the hell the town hall there.
1: The, the town hall yeah so
0: yeah I'm ladies and gentlemen I'm very old so sometimes I mean you guys know that <laughs> listening to DHS and how I stumble and fumble here sometimes but at the town hall you felt bad for Rocky's son there and then a guy like Eddie Olchek, who you know as far as I'm concerned has always carried himself as a decent guy and and mm-hmm. he's, he's he's basically the he's been a face and voice of not only the Blackhawks but also the NHL for all these years. And, uh, look, every organization isn't perfect, but you kind of, you know, I think seeing that happen last night, you kind of, like, feel for the good people that are, you know, the Wurtz family might have on their team. You know, Tab, and we're going to talk Tab later, but Tab brought a point up there yesterday too. Who would want to be a GM there? Gretzky talks last night about who the hell wants to get drafted by these guys right now. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, Joe, if you had – Like, I don't know. I have no idea how the the corporation thing works up there. Who's in charge? Who makes the decision? Mm -hmm. Rocky Wirtz doesn't seem like the guy kind of guy who's going to listen to somebody else and have him tell him what to do. Or, hey, Rocky, why don't you do this a favor? Why don't you go retire? Step aside here. And we're going to handle this from now on. I don't think that's going to happen. So what do the Hawks do?
1: Yeah, I... I feel like if I have any good advice, I should pocket it for myself and send it to them directly so they can pay me. (laughs) But since I'm not in that position and I'm not a consultant, um, the, the only things they can do are to do the right things to make this, to make this better, you know, like take care of beach and, you know, and, and, and make sure he's, he's, you know, he gets whatever, you know, help he needs, Whatever. Like they've essentially they essentially ruined his career. You know, first round pick. Like guy had you guy had a future and this whole thing happens and they just kind of like turn their back. They they didn't kind of turn their back on him. They did. They hundred percent turned their back on him. Um make it right for the other people who were victimized because of their negligence. Like, you know, make it right by contributing to organizations that that help. You know, those, those who are abused do like, this is the perfect opportunity to be like, man, we really screwed up. Let's make, let's try to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody anywhere else. And like, they got enough money to do it. The worst is are are billionaires. Like, you know, if they didn't have the Blackhawks, they'd have their, they had their, um, district liquor distribution business still making them billions. Like Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's where they're at. Um, it's not like, it's not like they can't afford to do these kinds of things. And honestly, when it comes to like doing this kind of help, what's, you know, if you give like 10 million to something like this, that's a drop in the bucket. You know, if you got billi- if you you've got like multiple billions of dollars, 10 million is nothing. That's, that's, that's given, it's giving somebody a hundred bucks, like you and me giving somebody a hundred bucks. That's what that is. And, you know, I, I, you know, and I don't sniff, you know, I don't sniffle at that kind of money. Like 10 million is a lot of money. That's a lot a lot of money. But when you got, you know, 2 billion, who cares? Like just, you know, you can buy yourself out of trouble all the time. And that's the unfortunate part of where they're at. They think they could buy themselves out of trouble. And instead they don't even want to do that. They, they don't want to buy themselves out of trouble. They've just been trying to make it go away. Yeah. And if you've got a chance to do philanthropy out of this, do it. Like that's the, that's the easiest thing to do. Help people. Don't not in it. Like, It's I don't know. You're always owners are always in it for themselves. They're always in it to make as much money as possible, blah, 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 blah. But like, man, do some good. Do some good. That's just not for 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 PR purposes. You know, do some good for real.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll we'll find this out. But when you see when you see a guy like Rocky Wirtz react like that, that's almost indicative of the fact that he knew that's like a guilty Mm -hmm. person. That's a person who who knows, hey, we screwed up big time here. But I can't. I can't. I don't want anybody to know about it. Let's just let me. Let me. Here's the fall, guys. Quenville, you're gone. This guy's gone. And mm-hmm. let's just get rid of people. And, and then we'll put out a you know a statement. And then hopefully this goes away. And then boom, you get to that. You get to that town hall meeting, and you can just see it. They he, like he. He's a guilty person. He knew about mm-hmm. this, and he you know whether he feels any remorse about it. But I think if he did, all the things that you just said, that was the opportunity they could have made. They could have been a. Um, a leader amongst the other teams or even in sports to make a bigger deal mm-hmm. out of it, to do more. You know, philanthropy and everything. Now, I, I'm sure Chicago, the, the organization in the words, I'm sure they have foundations that they donate to and they raise money and everything. I think uh, unless you're really following these corporations or following these owners, you don't really you don't find out about it too much. You will, you will hear when a player... You know, a uh, buddy of mine in my uh, other show there, Rob, brought up last week and he was t- we were talking about Dave Robinson on the San Antonio Spurs and uh, uh, the league at the time had done a special on his retirement or whatever and it- there was a point in his league where he, he donated $9 million of his own sal- salary towards uh, uh, creating another thing. And, you know, but you always kind of hear that from players and stuff. Um, and, you know, like knowing the Islanders out here and the Rangers do the, you know, uh, the, the Dreams thing and the Islanders do... Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, they have their local fundraisers out here. Um, But I think Yankees
1: do Hope Week. Yeah, so there's all that
0: kind of stuff. And I'm sure, like I said, the Blackhawks do their own things. But with this particular um, situation here, the magnitude, the failures that it had, uh, everybody involved, there's no doubt that the Words family knew about this. I think that just showed all across his reaction yesterday. And and he he could have done the right thing. I have this thing, Joe, in, in this crazy world that we have now, uh, you know, we all love like Star Wars and Marvel and all that stuff. It's like mm-hmm. in real life, where have all the good guys gone? Because they have they have these opportunities to do things, and it just doesn't seem to be happening.
1: No, and it's you know it, it it's greed, it's complete greed that ego that makes too, that. Yeah. It's and it's yeah, it's ego. Well, I mean if you got, if you got that kind of money, you got, you got big ego too. Yeah. Like, no, no, you don't become a billionaire then just be like, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm just going to sit back and be cool for a while. No, do, you're, you're do Jeff Bezos days, yeah. building a super yacht, getting bridges dismantled, historic bridges <laughs> dis- dismantled in, in the Netherlands. Like that's, that's where you're at. You know, you're building a rocket to fly, you know, just to tickle outer space for, you know, for five minutes. Like that's, that's what being rich and having a giant massive supermassive black hole ego is like, but like, man, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's always deflating to see it be like that. Like it's, it's always, it's always a letdown. It's always just like, man, really? This, this is how you're, this is how you're choosing to to do things. Like you're going to be like this. Cool. That's, that's neat. And you know, we're at a time where, so many people need help. So many people need some kind of assistance or guidance or just somebody to stand by them, like that. And, you know, this is this is the way things are, are are done. And like, I think that's probably the more depressing part with this. This whole Blackhawks thing is that like this is very out in the open that they have just been like, yep, forget them. Who cares? This is everywhere. Like this is this just ain't a this is saying in an, an NHL thing. This is how ha- this stuff happens everywhere all over the place and it just doesn't ever reach these heights because it doesn't involve, you know, uh, you know, a celebrity sort of point with it where, you know, it's something that's very much in the spotlight constantly. And that's, you know, I, I, and I think with that comes the, the hope that they'll be held to a higher accountability with these things and they always get away with it. You know, it's, it's, it's like the meme, you know, it was it was always directed at Trump, but it was like, ah, I can't wait to see how he wriggles himself. I can't wait to see how he wriggles himself out of this one. <laughs> oh well, he did anyways. Okay, well, on to the next one, I guess. Like yeah, this uh, is everybody. Like, this is everybody who's in that high of a position. Like I can't wait to see how they get out of this one. Ha ha! ha. They finally got him. No, nope, nope. They don't. Like they get away. Every, everybody turns into the Joker. They always get away.
0: Boy, is drugs and money, baby? <laughs> yeah, geez, no kidding. <laughs> so I tell you what, let's let's move away from um rocky here yeah and um and let's move into um you know a couple of uh you know let's talk about Ovi and the all-star weekend here okay (laughs) and speaking of guys who uh you know get away with stuff uh (laughs) (laughs) you know I I hope you know Kobe's got uh Ovi's got Kobe uh I hope he's gonna be okay I don't think he just wants to be a part of this All-Star weekend. Um, I think he's going home to Russia or something. But we'll see what happens. We hope he's all right. But thinking about guys who get away with stuff, I mean, Tom Wilson's going to take his place. And uh, that's just – I mean, I just think that is on a on a night after – on the same day as, you know, Rocky Wertz, and then you see Tom Wilson is now going to be in the All-Star game mm-hmm. after the – You know, like I said, he was a hair of an inch of sending you know Panarin to the hospital. If 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 Panarin's head hits that ice, we're in a different world here, right? But he doesn't, Mm -hmm. and he gets slapped five grand, and he's back in the lineup. But all that chaos last year. You know, we laugh about the Rangers and everything, but to me, you know, just seeing him, the Capitals put our all star, and there he is, Tom Wilson, and he was part of such chaos last year. Mm -hmm. Chaos that I know the league wanted, but Mm -hmm. isn't it just hysterical that now this guy's going to the All-Star game? It's, it's, I love it because it makes
1: Twitter pull eat itself alive. I think that's, (laughs) I think that's the fun part of it is that people just, just absolutely lose their mind with anything Tom Wilson does. Now, listen, Wilson's earned every bit of criticism he gets. Like he, he's gotten away with a lot of stuff. And, you know, he's 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 a throwback guy. Like if he played in the 80s, a guy of his style plays in the 80s. He is revered forever, like forever. Like he's just, you know, the big nasty. He scores goals. He fights people like. That's you know that's that's the guy. I mean, it, now I say that knowing full well that Claude Lemieux is not very well liked. But that was the mm. '90s. That was the '90s. <laughs> people got smarter in the '90s. In the '80s, uh, people were just like, screw it, who cares? <laughs> They're beating beating each other's heads in and scoring scoring 100 goals a year. Yeah, great, perfect, good. This is this is the way we like it. But like in this case, man, it's it's just it's funny. funny. It it's just hilarious. Is. It
0: really is.
1: It's just <laughs> I. I I can't help, but like, just laugh about the whole thing just because people, people do lose their minds on this. It's, you know, and, and I mean, listen, Ovi, how many times has he been an all-star? I'm trying to look this up on the, uh, very, very much on the slide to, to, to figure, oh, he's a 12 time all-star. He's played in seven all-star games.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was seven in a row and then he stopped. Yeah. It's I mean, like, honestly, it,
1: I've been to the All-Star game before. It's a schmooze fest. It's for it's for the sponsors, it's for the, you know, it's for the rights holders. It's, you know, it's it's a big goof around. Like the every All-Star game is a big goof around. You know, when baseball did their whole like, oh, it counts this time thing. Stop it. It's just nobody cares. Like people want to watch the Home Run Derby all day. Like that's that's what we're at. And I, I think with the NHL game now, mind you, back in the, you know, late, you know mid, late 80s, early 90s, the All-Star game was fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened along the way that made it not fun, but like, I mean, we don't get moments like Owen Nolan calling a shot against Hasik like, anymore, like on a breakaway like that. You I don't know see what that and kind of The,
0: the networks called up and said, we can't sell this because, you know, you're scoring 50 goals and it's, a, you know, we need to, you need to do something here. <laughs> Let's you yeah, and they started the three on threes and the the North versus uh, the Europe and all that other crap. I mean, mm. but it's you know, it's it's all TV and interest yeah. and eyeballs and, you know, and all that
1: shit. Honestly, the the three on three thing, I dig it. I wish it was a little bit more. Honestly, I, I wish it was you know there was a like another game or two that you could fi- you could figure out in there, like do the round robin part to to seed the guys out then, you know, top team against bottom team then the middle two play each other and then go from there. But I, I get being annoyed that that would be a really full day of games. And the guys are just there to kind of kick back and have fun with their buddies. But at the same point, like let's have some fun with it. Like this is, this is a cool thing to do. And you know, I, I, and I guess the skills competition is, is a big part in, in playing a part of that. I like what they're doing with that to spice it up for Vegas. I love the blackjack thing. The 20, the, the, the 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. Like that's, that's, that's the accuracy competition, but also gambling. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you <know>? absolutely. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, look, if that's I had a... to, if I, dude, if I had to play blackjack that way, I'd be broke in, in 10 <laughs> seconds. Like it would be awful. But, like, like doing that, the, the Bellagio face-off thing, I don't even understand that. Like, all I know is that it has the fountains involved, but, okay, cool. All like, you that's have awesome. to
0: know is that it has to do with money involved. <laughs> the league getting <laughs> yeah. money to do that. I mean, I mean, gambling itself now is just such a part of it. Now it, it, it sports, it's part of all sports, you know. It's where the DraftKings or FanDuel are all out of the stuff. I mean, yeah, it's, they it's just, you, you just know, buddy, they legit. just it made it legal here in New York. I mean, you, you can't. You can't turn a page, flip something, or put a TV show on without a, a gambling commercial. Now it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I love JB Smoove. Yeah, I love Halle man. Berry, but I don't need to see him every every commercial break, man. <laughs> That's how it is, man. <laughs> like, it's you know I get it. Caesar Sports, great, thanks. I'm not paid to even say their name, but you know, but if they want to cut me a check,
0: I'm all ears. Please, oh, man, please pay God, me. Gotta get you an agent, Joe. We'll get all this stuff squared <laughs> away. All right, so uh, competition tomorrow night, all that stuff. My thing is, is like you know, maybe instead of the votes and just send out an email to all the players who wants to go and who doesn't want to go, right? And yeah, let's like, cut out the drama.
1: Like Ovi and Sid and those guys, they don't want to go anymore. Like, yeah, I mean, they tried to hype it up and try to give Dangle a carrot to guys by saying, "Hey, guys, it's in Vegas. Come on, you want to have fun in Vegas, don't you?" Uh <laughs> huh.
0: But now they don't. Yeah, but now they play there once a year. Yeah. Though, right? that's the big party.
1: Yeah, that's that, well, that's.
0: That's like, what they,
1: like the NBA goes – the all-star game goes to Vegas, like, what, every three years it seems now? And, like, they don't have a team there, but it's perfect because the guys want to go to Vegas. Like, they're just like, hell yeah, let's let's do it. Like, that's fun. Like, that's cool. But, but yeah, it's the – They should have it they, every they,
0: year in Vegas. That's how I look at it.
1: Yeah. Have it every year somewhere that's, like, a fun city for the guys to go in. No offense to places like Columbus or even <laughs> Buffalo or, you know, you know where, wherever that you're th- – you know, Edmonton. Like guys,
0: Belmont, Long it's, Island.
1: Hey, listen, <laughs> it's it's shouting distance from the city, pal. Like that's Belmont racetrack. Have
0: it there, you know. I mean, the out in so, the cold.
1: So, like, I mean, but I mean, like, nobody, nobody wants to go to like. The middle of Minnesota at the you know, in February. Like nobody wants to go, you know, north of the border in February. Like that's not fun.
0: Especially after what? watching that winter classic.
1: <laughs> oh, oh man. The <laughs> the winter classic and the soccer game the US soccer game last night against Honduras in Minnesota, where it was one degree. They're playing soccer, Paul. Don't tell me you watched that nonsense, did you? Uh, I couldn't. It was on Fox Sports. Oh, so okay. I don't I don't All get right. Fox Sports. Fox right. Sports won. But but like Who won that Honduras? Honduras had Honduras had two guys subbed out because they had hypothermia, Paulie. Oh,
0: like <laughs> Like, come on. I tell you what, America hates soccer. That's all I can say. The game should have been played in Florida on the West Coast. Are they kidding me? You got you to gotta, you gotta rig what it for the home side, Paulie. Oh, my God.
1: They got to bring it to Buffalo next time. Have, have them play a game in Buffalo. Let's see how that works.
0: Buddy, speaking of Minnesota, did you see that Zuccarella and Krill hookup the other night? Woo.
1: Oh, my Lord. Buddy. Dude, does does any just fan made, base that
0: made it worse for Chicago? It was like, yeah, <laughs> take this you... too, boom.
1: <laughs> you know what? If I was if I was gambling last night, I would have put I would have bet the house on Minnesota winning that game after that display last oh, night. Holy cow! Oh, Holy good. cow, man! But like, listen, does any fan base miss Zuccarello the way the Rangers fan base does? Oh my god, they still love him. They love the guy.
0: Yeah, but you know, if he was playing for us, he'd be injured. You know, he's he's you know, it didn't happen. What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna yeah, do? True. It's like Butch Nebich. like Same thing. I just, they miss Butch. Butch was one of my faves, man. I used to call him Snoochie Butchies. I can't call him, you know, I, I can't do that anymore. He's not here. You can call
1: him that. He's in St. Louis. It's just, know. You
0: know, he doesn't call back as often. That's no, he all. doesn't. Not at all, no. <laughs> no, we miss Sook and Snoop, uh, Snoochie, but we got a bunch of other fun guys who, you know, I mean, Chris Kreider is coming out for the first star, and he's not wearing any gear, and he just looks up at the crowd and he screams at them. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving the people what they want, Paul. Yeah, that's I what mean, they want. <laughs> <laughs> the dude just stands in front of the net now, puts a stick down, and things go in. He's leading the league in goals. It's just Easy Who job. knew? Who knew that's Easy all Kreider had to do? <laughs> Get a little dirty in front of the net, and you're productive. It took you know Turk Collant to tell him. Well, no, no, move in a little, no, away from the face, you know, a little closer to the goalie, the guy with the pads and stand there. Yeah. Take a couple of cross checks and you'll get some, you know, productivity.
1: I loved his, uh, I loved his explanation of just saying that, yeah, I'm the backboard now. Yes. Yes, you are. Throw it off the backboard. It's going to go in.
0: There you go, buddy. It's
1: easy shot in basketball, man. Oh,
0: man. All right. So they're going to have fun in the all-star weekend. Uh, it'll be great stuff. Uh tune in and enjoy it, everybody. Uh Pat Verbeek, named GM of the Ducks, man. is an old name, classic name coming out. I know, I had no idea Pat was in the management business. I was, oh yeah. Was, I had no yeah. idea, man. He's been
1: at it for a while. He was he was with Iserman in Tampa Bay for a bit. Really? Um and he was he was a scout before that. So he was scouting, then he was he was with Iserman in Tampa Bay. Uh he wasn't his assistant GM because that was Breeze Bois. Um, But then when Eisman went to Detroit to be the GM, Verbeek followed him right in. He was assistant GM there. So, yeah, Patty's been at it. Wow. I see Patty. I would see Patty at the games all the time. And I was always scared to say hi to him. Really? Why? (laughs) Little ball of hate, man. You don't want to cross cross him up. Like, there's some guys that you see up there, like like old tough guys or something like that. They're the most affable guys going. But Verbeek looks stone serious (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Like, I... I feel bad for anybody trying to negotiate trades with him because I think that would be a little bit, a little bit anxious. I don't know. I don't know what I'd want to deal with with Pat Verbeek, man. I I freaking love Verbeek, I all love time, him. all yeah. timer, man. I love Loved him. love
0: this little stint here on the ranges and we played mess. It was it was good times. Love him mm-hmm. what he was Hartford and uh, Detroit. I mean Jersey. Was, yeah, man. Exactly, man. He's mm-hmm. look. He was one of those guys. In you, Dallas. You, yeah, yeah, you love to hate, you know, and then you, you love to have him on your team, and it was mm-hmm. uh, good guy. Hey, look, man. He's um. He's got a really fun team there, yeah. To take over, hmm
1: Yeah, it's uh, I'm. It's it's wild to see the Ducks kind of take off the way they have, and you know what? Big ups to Dallas Akins on that because yeah. that's 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 the system that he had going in the minors with the Marlies. Back in the day and everybody thought he was going to be the next coach of the Maple Leafs and the Oilers, the Oilers, <laughs> <laughs> Oilers dumped Ralph Kruger in a, in a Skype call and then brought in Dallas Aikens. And then Aikens took the donuts out of the, uh, took the donuts out of the press room and made, made everybody eat vegetables and, and everybody threw it through a fit in Edmonton. And then, you know, the Edmonton, 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 and then, you know, Aikens was gone and he had to kind of readjust his career, but then he, he went to San Diego the goals became amazing down there in the AHL, and that now he's in Anaheim. He's doing the same thing, man. He's good. He's a good coach, man.
0: Nice, little, uh, nice things brewing there in Anaheim, mm-hmm. next to the mm-hmm. city of Angels, where the big football game's going to be. Um, Zubov, number fifty six, retired last week. What do you think of when you think of of Sergei Zubov?
1: I I think of my favorite trivia question.
0: Ooh, I can't wait to hear this.
1: Who was who the Rangers' leading scorer in their Stanley Cup season in 94? I know the answer to this one. It's pretty easy. We just gave it away. <laughs> Wait, It's Sergei Zubov. Wait. Oh. It's
0: Sergei Zubov? Are you sure?
1: Yeah. I, I heard yeah. it. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check my work here. Because <laughs> if I said that and I'm wrong, I'm going to be so mad at where I, where I heard it
0: from. It wasn't Joey Kosa!
1: <laughs> he was the leader in Fist's Throne. That was, that was his stat. <laughs> But, like, but man, Zu- how good was Zubov, though? Like, dooby we doo, do, man. And he, it's amazing. It's amazing how much he kind of flew under the radar, which is crazy to think that, he, that a guy that good flew under the radar, but he did. He 100% did. And he was just, he was just always good.
0: Yeah, you know, you and get yeah, back.
1: Yes, I, yes, that is right. Sergey Zubov was the first right, scorer yeah. for the 94 Rangers. Yeah. At no, 89 means- points. A defenseman with 89 points, Paulie in 94
0: he was good he outscored messier and then he was guaranteed great in dallas too man he was um it was great to see him have success there as well i mean you hate to see him go but you know us ranger fans are used to that you know yeah or you know (laughs) said uh that beatles song you say hello we say goodbye yeah thanks
1: for coming uh Thanks, Sergey. We don't need you anymore. We won a cup. We're good. Um,
0: unless your name is Messier, we don't expect you to stay too long <laughs> and, and hope for too much. Yeah you know? uh,
1: man, the Rangers Rangers had fun Russians on that team. Like him, Kovalev, Nemchinov. Nemchinov. Nemchinov Best interview so,
0: ever. So Actually, no, well Tekenin's always my favorite interview back then. Oh, yeah. But Nemchinov then, uh... Nemchinov would just sit there and, you know, <laughs> Rosen or uh I can't remember the other guy used to do the uh, the stuff. John terrible. John Davidson? No, not J D. No, the the guy. Uh, he also did the Knicks. I can't remember his name. Oh, it's terrible. Anyway, it doesn't matter right now. Marv but, Albert? No, no, Ken, no. Kenny Albert, TV guy. He does the Knicks. He did the oh, Knicks. Oh, Al Troutwig. Room. Yes, there you go. There Thank go. you, Joe. Anyway, Al used to, you know, do a lot of this interview, but you, he'd ask him, like, you know, uh, so, Sergey, you know, how would you feel with the goal? You went down to the, the play there, you know, all the guys, you know, you run around, the, the shift changes, everything else, and, and what are your feelings about that? Good. <laughs> 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 he would never say anything. And I know, you know, his, his Russian was and English is bad, but, I mean, you know, you get Kovalev on there, the, the young kid at the time, and he, you couldn't mm-hmm. shut him up, you know. it was, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, but uh yeah look that was those, those were good days a long time ago twenty five something years ago so uh, we're, we're getting
1: older, pauly yeah it's getting it just never time never stops
0: all right, buddy, last couple of things here before I let you go uh we 're at the halfway mark here. Uh, uh, two different stories here in the east as far as where the uh, the wild card is, playoffs, everything else in the teams, right so on the wild card as far as the east, as far as the last wild card position it 's about a ten point clearing between um you know who's in that last spot there? Let me just bring this up real quick. And uh, is it Boston? This. So it's uh yeah Boston and the Caps yeah. there. So you got the Wings hard hard to believe, but the Wings there mm-hmm. uh, about ten points out uh, of a wild card. You look over on the West, it gets a lot tighter there at the bottom, as far as um, Edmonton, Dallas, San Jose, Calgary, uh, and even Vancouver. There, it's about a three to five points difference in terms of uh, mm-hmm. you know where that is, so um just a little your take here on on where things have settled here at the halfway point i uh
1: i I feel pretty confident saying everybody in the east that's currently in a playoff spot can kick their feet up and say that they're in <laughs> uh I'm not buying on Detroit I would love to buy in Detroit I'm hopeful for Detroit for next year mm-hmm. you know ned Ned's played great for him like that that was a there was a very savvy pickup for them and you know very nice of Carolina to let Ned go. Um, but they're, but they're their young guys have really stepped up. I mean, Larkin's been great. Uh, Sider's is as advertised like that. That kid's impressive. He's a very impressive defenseman and he's made guys like Philip Hronick better too. like Hronick. I, I was big on the Hronick train a year or two ago. Cause I thought he was going to be, a, a, cause he was putting up numbers and plus minus was getting caved in because Detroit stunk. But um, but he was a he was a good player. Lucas Raymond's been amazing. Ray, Raymond probably uh, a Calder finalist, I would say right now. Um, and then even Tyler Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi is just like grinder supreme. Like that dude just get he gets in the mix. He scores goals. He's he's solid man. He's really good. And it, it it's wild to see some of these younger guys having like this kind of success because it's put pressure on some of the other younger guys who haven't done as well to step up their game, you know, like Zadina, Zadina hasn't been, hasn't been that great. Joe Valeno hasn't, you know, he's kind of whatever. Pew Suter, who they got from Chicago, he's been, been a nice pickup for them. Um, I I like what they got going on. It's they're not ready yet. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not as deep as they need to be. And they're a Ned injury away from being really sketchy. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's where I feel on Detroit. Um, who else is in close there? Uh, Blue Jackets. Blue jackets are another one. That's like, they, I mean, they got no shot of making it to the playoffs this year. They're, they're, they're forever out. They're like 13, 14 points out like that. not happening, but they're having a season that nobody was expecting them to have still. So I think a lot of people were figuring that Columbus was going to be a pretty bad team this year. I mean, Hey, why not? Like there's been enough stuff that's happened there, but they've gotten some really good work, uh, from, from Elvis in goal. First off, Merslickens has been fantastic. Uh, Boone jenner's played really well bjork strand's been good uh jake voracek coming back has been a nice little pickup for him like that's you know guy familiar with the city guy who's played there you know had, thrives throughout his career comes back and and does well there. line A's scoring scoring again like that's nice to see if um what is it here uh it's you know if tegier had been a little bit more healthy line a too. uh and even Domi. like you know, Domi's been a little better for him, but, you know, they're, they're a team that's making it work. And I think that's, I think that's a big credit to Brad Larson because he's done very well. But, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, Elvis, you know, Elvis is holding steady, you know, corpusalo has been, whatever is a backup, but like, it's, uh, I don't know, they're, they're interesting because they're, they're, they're like a, you know, like a young couple of young guys away from kind of throwing their, throwing their hat in the ring with, with playoff talk too. And you know what? Honestly, I mean, Buffalo has no shot. They're 20 points out, <laughs> but like the fact that they're, I mean, they're far out, but the fact that they have 35 points, I think is probably worthy of congratulations, even though that's, you know, it's still not great. But uh, to say that people were picking them to be 32nd would be very obvious. would be Very, very accurate. Like people thought it was going to be them in Arizona, duking it out to be at the bottom, but you know, they haven't been. And you know what? They, they played a little bit above where they should be. So, Good on the Sabers there, but you know, and the Isles got hot. Isles got hot, Pauly, and then they then they got dunked in cold water again. We're not
0: we're not talking about the Isles today. All right, okay. they broke my son's heart okay. last night. I've just not doing it, Joe. Just not Those doing jerks. it. Jerks. But I agree with you. They? I think uh, I don't I don't see Boston, Washington. Nobody's given up any ground there, and it's just no. way too many. You're talking about catastrophic injuries, mm-hmm. just something. Just really something disruptive to, to break up where things are kind of set right now. If you, I mean... I mean the,
1: the closest team is Detroit. They're nine points back. You, you know how hard it is to make up nine points in the standings. Yeah,
0: like I said, that's it. Done. So over in the West, it's a little tighter. Um West is nuts. So we, we're just going to let... We're going to let this ride out, I guess. I think that's where to, everybody should look, right?
1: Yeah. The, the East I mean, is
0: just going to be positioning, seeing yeah. if any kind of cool trades get made, and mm-hmm. that'll, that'll just play out how it is. But over in the West... It is going to be the wild, wild west.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I look at the Pacific Division and it's 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 nutty to look at because the, King, the Kings are second. The Kings are two points back of Vegas for first. Who the hell was picking the Kings? Not me. To, to A be in the playoff race. B be at the top of the division. You kidding me? That's crazy. But again, good for them. The, we talked about it last week. The old guys are picking up, picking up the uh, the slack for him. You know, it's, it's, it's Kopitar. It's Brown. It's, it's, it's Dowdy. Like those guys have done really well, but like, you know, Kempe's been great. They've gotten a lot of their young dudes play well. Even, you know, Brendan Lemieux's been, Brendan Lemieux and done his part to make everybody pissed off at him. So, you know, Hey, like everybody's got a purpose and quicks play great too. So that, you know, good for them. But like Anaheim's Anaheim's, two points out you know nobody expected them to be there Cal- calgary's been super hot mm-hmm. they've been really good you know edmonton has just finally woken up a little bit now but yeah. i don't know we'll, we'll see where we'll see where kane takes them we'll see if the goaltending snaps around like whatever mm-hmm. and even the shark and sharks doing as well as they are is kind of surprising and vancouver vancouver's gotta be kicking themselves that they had such a crap start yep up to the season because Boudreau has has as he does everywhere, figures out what the, what the major malfunction is with the team and changes it. And the whole team loves him. He's, he's, he's the dude. Like everybody. Between loves-
0: his, Boudreaux and Gallant, as mm-hmm. far as the, the talent that was already in place on the teams, they are two systems and Boudreaux's obviously done it a lot quicker now, mm-hmm. but those two systems with that talent, that's what they, those two organizations needed. And you could see mm-hmm. it working, man. You can just, yeah. that to me is huge as far as coaching and a system last night watching the Islanders that system is it's you know trots has been running it now hard for 3 years or whatever it's and the guys it's blown it's gone it's done and talking about you know i think all these guys need to wake up these younger guys in the team on these teams here when you see guys like Malkin and Crosby and Ovechkin and Marchand and Bergeron still carrying the torch, still playing hard. Kopitar, you know, the guys out in L.A. still showing up, still playing hockey. They're making it harder for these guys. You can't cakewalk in this league, man, if you mm-hmm. want to be a part of at least getting into a round of the dance. And um, that, that, is, that is, you know, we, we started off with some down stuff as far as the, um, the Hawks here in the beginning and whatever. But, you know, that's why we love the league, Joe, because that's the other side of it. You know, and that's yeah. the great stuff about the game. And and now we, 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 after this All-Star game, we start gunning towards the playoffs and the trade mm-hmm. deadline. And hopefully, like I said, we don't want to forget what happened in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we also want to focus on, on what we love about this game as well, too.
1: That's right. That's right. And this that's the beauty of hockey, man. There's always a lot of hockey for us to discuss. But real-world stuff needs to get talked about, too. So, you know, we, we can mix it up. We're, we're flexible people here, Paulie. Yes, we are.
0: All right, buddy. New maintenance day is out, right? As far as is concerned, noted hockey, right? That's right, that's right. Yeah,
1: new maintenance day every Monday. We'll even have one this Monday. I I know we will because we're because I'm planning on doing it. So screw it, who cares? So I'm going to do it one way or the one way or the other. But no, every Monday for <laughs> maintenance day. Uh, and yes, noted hockey. Um, where else? Casual Friday uh, on the on talking Buffalo podcast. I'm all over the place, Paul.
0: Love it, love it, and I love you, Joe, because you're the best man.
1: You no no. You're the best, Paulie. No, no you're, the, you're best.
0: the best. All right, pal. Well, look, uh, enjoy all the uh, skills competition here this weekend and, and the fun stuff. And uh, we'll get into gear here, man, as we uh, get over the hill here. But have a yeah. great weekend, Joe, as always, and be good. You too, buddy. Be good, man. Take care, pal. Joe Yard, nice job right here on that hockey show. Giving us the goods, as always. Woohoo! And THS rolls out. Well, all right, all right, all right.
2: It's time to head
0: out to one of my favorite cities, to hang out with one of my favorite people, Mr. Tad Bamford. Oh, sweet home, Chicago. I don't know. Let's get into it. What's going on, buddy? Welcome back to
2: THS. You know what? Paul, that's for me and us to talk about, and you don't need to know. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Could use some Blues Brothers music right now, man.
2: Uh, No, last night felt like the Benny Hill music should have been playing both on the ice and before the game in the so-called town hall debacle.
0: Well, I guess, I guess in all seriousness, Tab, I guess, I guess it's, it's really not funny. Mm -mm. You know, it's, it's the, the product on the ice and maybe we can, you know, it is what it is. But if we want to jump out of the gate here and, and talk about Rocky Wertz here and, and yesterday i i mean everybody pretty much knows about it now we're all throwing our two cents in the commentary and it's it's all across and I, I saw your column yesterday and i saw you know your tweets and everybody else but look um why don't i just throw it to you and and just run with it because you know this is your team this is your city this is your franchise um and and let's just let's start from you and and i'll i'll throw some mud on the wall if i need to
2: oh jeez where do we even start with this thing so um, so the Hawks decide that it's, it, it's been an interesting few days here in Chicago. So, um, bef- a couple hours before their previous game earlier this week, they announced that they'd added three notable former players to, in an advisory capacity, and helping them look for a new general manager. Uh, Eddie Olczyk, who I think everybody in the country knows and loves, especially if you take his advice on the horses. Um, Marion Hosa and Patrick Sharp. Okay. Um, then you've got uh, fast forward a couple days, and they started promoting this town hall deal, uh, with, with that announcement a little bit. Eddie Olchek served as a, I guess, a de facto MC, who obviously now, with not only as a broadcaster and someone who's nationally respected and recognized, but also someone who many, including myself, have advocated to be the you know the next president of hockey ops for the organization um, serving as kind of a, an MC if you will and you've got Danny Wirtz who's the acting president of the club uh, and his father Rocky on the dais along with the president of business Ops and she got thrown into a mess last night and I felt for her because this was one of the first times that she's really kind of been out there on behalf of the organization
0: and she had to sit right next to
2: Rocky. <laughs> Yeah, she was between the Wurtz brothers, which is like riding in the wrong seat in the backseat of a car (laughs) with two brothers throwing punches at each other. But So Mark Lazarus, who does a great job for the athletic, gets up. Again, this is a town hall. The idea of a town hall interaction, right? Um, Gets up and begins asking a question directed at Danny, not Rocky, Danny Words about... What are some of the things that people outside of the organization should be looking at? When the report came out, you guys made a strong statement. At that time, the statement that they made when all those findings were released, and we went into that in depth here on the show, was very much a broadcast. No no questions. This is a broadcasted Zoom. We're going to tell you what happened. We're going to tell you what's going on, and that's it. No questions. And very limited, if any, media availability for anyone in the organization since then. So Lazarus gets up and starts asking Danny about what some of the things are that they, people outside of the organization should be looking at is these publicly visible steps. They, they posted about, you know, we're going to be transparent in what we do. Everybody's going to know. So he's basically asking what any responsible, quality journalist would do in that situation, with transparency being something that you lauded in the statement. What are you doing? And... Rocky went off on the guy. And the next guy up was Phil Thompson, who writes for the Tribune. And he started to ask about attendance being down. And Rocky jumped all over him, too. That's a question for our ticket department. Well, no. Actually, it's a question for two people. Your front office and the attendance has been hurt by the Kyle Beach issue. It has been. And if they want to deny that, they're ostriches with their head in the sand. It's real. And I can't tell you some of the stuff that I've had come in, and I've I've tweeted a a, a few of the interactions that I've gotten either via Facebook, text message, DM on Twitter, from individual fans who are just done. You know, this is a team that had a, you know, bragged about having a 20-year waiting list back during the heyday for season tickets. And now they're begging for people. They're begging for people to buy tickets. Uh, they're sitting at, you know, 45 to 70 percent of capacity most home games, depending on the opponent, um, which is what it was before Rocky took over. And the first year that Rocky was in control, you'd go to a Red Wings game and it would be 70, 30 Red Wings fans and barn would still be half empty. What we saw last night was Rocky words morphed before our eyes into his father, the end of his father's tenure as the principal owner of the team. Uh, he was belligerent. He was immature. Uh, he clearly had an ax to grind with the media members who asked the questions and the media at large. He was defensive. And if you watch the video of it, you can see the look on the face of Olchek is somewhere between shock and disgust. Yeah. Um, Jamie Faulkner looks like, I don't know what's happening in front of me. Help. Danny at one point tries to jump in and answer Lazarus's question. And he's shut up. Like, no, shut up, kid. I got this. You just sit there. Um, it was really pathetic and tone deaf to be blunt. And that's what we need here. We need to be blunt because he was blunt with the way that he dismissed it. And the reality is we've talked about this a lot on the show, Paul, this season, about the cultural problems that hockey has as a sport. It goes to the junior level, goes to the midget level, the earliest levels that you can get into, both in the United States and Canada. There are problems in this sport culturally. And unfortunately, sexual assault has become something that is all too prevalent in the game. And it is not always, as is the case in Vancouver, uh, a player acting out of hubris on women far too many instances, it is coaches and individuals in a position of authority acting out on players. Um, And it's sickening. And we've talked about that. And uh, to dismiss one of the first opportunities that a media member has to question leadership about what steps they're taking, something that everyone in that room, everyone watching on their social feeds, on YouTube, on Twitter, whatever, Everyone wanted to know that. And if it wasn't Lazarus from The Athletic, it should have been a fan. In the room, asking the question, what are you doing? What are the steps that you've taken in the, whatever, six weeks or whatever it's been since that report came out? And what should we be looking for moving forward? Um, And so him dismissing it the way that he did and saying, we're not talking about the past, we've moved on, is naive at best. And the way that he dismissed it and wanted to do nothing but look at the future uh, without answering... And that, to his credit, Lazarus's question was not, hey, let's rehash what happened. Tell us how much money you paid. It was forward-facing. It was, what should we be looking for moving forward that the organization is doing proactively to avoid these itch- issues coming up again? And he just... Through the grenade into the room and then sat there and watched it go off. And it's incredibly disappointing because when you look back at the last 15 years of that organization, so many people, including me, look, I've I've written two books about the Blackhawks. And in both of them, I talk about, if you're going to talk about the history of the Blackhawks, the renaissance, the resurrection that they had when Rocky came in, hired McDonough, drafted Tapes, drafted Kane, put the band together, and went out and won three championships. And over the last couple years, we've seen McDonough disappear. We've seen Bowman unceremonially dismissed. We watched Quinville get punted for a prepubescent coach who failed miserably, who's now coaching Canada at the Olympics. Good luck, Maple Leafs. Um, <laughs> and... We've watched the product on the ice become almost a laughingstock. Minnesota walked in and cleaned the house with them last night on the Blackhawks home ice, uh, 5 nothing, and it wasn't that competitive. So you want to focus on what's on the ice? Okay, those questions might be harder than the questions about what's going on in the front office. It sure as hell would be harder than the question that Lazarus tried to ask and what Phil Thompson was trying to ask. But here we are with an owner losing his mind and going off. And look, this is in a culture within professional sports and a time and place where it's within 24 hours of a massive lawsuit being levied against the NFL and three specific organizations over hiring practices and owners doing the wrong thing. The Washington now commanders, formerly football team.
0: The Commodores, uh, baby.
2: Yeah, the Commodores. Uh, maybe you know they don't throw out a first pitch in the NFL. Maybe they, they'll have Lionel Richie sing the uh, national anthem for the first game. Who knows? Um, Dude, but, it's all
0: right there, man. Easy like Sunday morning. You know, I mean, come well, on.
2: I mean, their defense was this year, um, <laughs> and it was easy like easy on Sunday afternoon. But no, but I mean, you've seen teams in the NFL have their ownership scrutinized because of workplace issues. You've seen ownership groups in the NBA, starting with the Clippers with their racist ownership, forced to sell. You've seen issues come up with hostile workplace questions in with the Phoenix Suns this year. Um, Major League Baseball, you've seen the New York Mets go through two GMs in 12 months because of off-field issues and transgressions and ownership groups come under fire for how they've enabled toxic cultures within the workplace. Any owner at this point who has the opportunity to engage with media and or fans should be mindful of that context where we are as a society and what the relationship at large between professional sports owners and the fans are. Major League Baseball's locked out right now. Most people are looking at the owners and saying, what the hell? Um, so for him to come out and be that tone deaf within that larger context of the relationship between fans and professional sports owners um, was even more disheartening. And again, it felt a lot like we watched Rocky words morph into what we saw at the end of his father's tenure as the principal owner of the team when he was known as Dollar Bill. And uh, as someone who's covered the team for more than a decade, someone who's interacted a great deal with the players, the fans, um, who's certainly benefited from and enjoyed the rise of the team, Um, it feels like over the last 13 months or so, every four or five weeks we've been asking, is this rock bottom? And you can't ask that question because, you should know, as a sports fan, that the second you ask if this is rock bottom, there will be another level. It'll dip again. I don't have to tell anybody who watches the Jets or the Giants that there will <laughs> always be another. I mean, it's somebody who lives in a town where James Dolan owns teams. I have to tell you about rock bottom. Oh yes. but but for him to come out and act the way that he did to two media members who've been covering the team for a while now in an open forum with fans in the room, in the live stream that, uh, as I titled my piece afterward, it was an embarrassment for the organization. And the statement that he released was crap. I'm sorry that social media didn't like how I talked to a couple guys trying to do their jobs and ask me questions that everyone wants answers to. He wasn't sorry that he did it or how he did it. He's sorry that there was blowback. Well, you know, He's sorry that Rocky Wirtz's name was in the top five trending things in the United States while his team was on the ice last night. Well, let's take a look the attention's at The not two- the players anymore. The attention's on the owner, and that isn't how sports are supposed to work.
0: So two things for me here, Tab. I see Rocky's reaction last night as a guy who maybe, you know, like a guilty person. He knew about all this stuff. That's like, like, like some – it was almost seemed like, and I was talking about this with Joe, like uh, they, he, they hoped this would all go away. Um, to me, that's like, uh, you know, I felt like he, he that was just like a guilty person He's saying, hey, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's just move on and whatever. And uh, I thought that just, to me, just told me tons as far as him and, and, and maybe even more bad stuff we might hear about the uh, ownership and the organization going down the road. The other thing, too, you talk about the professionalism, of the organization and trying to rebrand and all that other stuff, a town hall meeting. I mean, even the White House briefings, they asked, you know, I know it's not a town hall situation, but as far as an organization and these guys as a business and trying to look better or trying to turn the corner and everything else, and if they really wanted to avoid this type of situation a town hall, they would have told everybody that was in here, look, you can't ask these questions. We don't want to touch on this we want to focus on these other things. I thought that was a massive fail. Look, I'm I'm Look, the whole thing is horrible. If you're going to look at certain things this way, I'm glad this happened because it brings the whole Kyle Beach thing back to life and make sure that this stuff doesn't go away. On wow. a corporate or a business level or a PR level, if these are the people that are running your organization, they failed too because they that was that would have been the first thing. Rocky, the first question you're probably going to get today is going to be about Kyle Beach and what the organization's going to do going forward. So it was just a whole massive um, shit show altogether. And I, uh, I'm sure you saw um, TNT's uh, panel last night too. Yeah. I thought Gretzky's take on it was just spot on as far as you know, um, you know how fans and obviously uh, you know parents of kids, you know, putting you know their kids in the NHL and about being scared to death about you know Chicago drafting their kid.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and again, you're right. The great one was on point. He didn't. This is why he's the goat, right? Like the first thing that Gretzky thinks isn't. And look, this is a guy who watched an ownership group fall on the sword harder than many any maybe any ownership group ever has in the National Hockey League when the Oilers traded him, and. The first thing that he thinks about is, I've got kids. And let's not forget, Trevor Gretzky, his son, was drafted as a first baseman by the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. He's an actor now. He's doing a great job. But, and I've talked to him about this, like he spent a couple years playing minor league baseball. So Wayne is speaking about this as a parent of formerly a, a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. His son-in-law, Dustin Johnson, is, you know, many would argue the best professional golfer in the world. He's also a grandparent. And so this isn't a former player chiming in. I thought Anson Carter, I love Anson Carter. They should have a statue to him somewhere because the dude has been on point, whether it's about race or last night. Mm -hmm. The guy, if you start wandering down the road of the intersection of, culture and the game of hockey. Anson Carter has been absolutely brilliant Mm a hundred percent of the time. So he was terrific as well. But for Gretzky to go where he did, when you, again, when you wrap it in the idea that this is the guy whose son played professional baseball, whose son-in-law is a professional golfer. He wasn't just a former player chiming in on what's my perspective as someone who's thinking, would I sign with this team? He's thinking, what if they drafted my kid? Yep. And I think that took a little wind out of some people's sails last night because holy crap. Um, And I tweeted this last night. Good luck hiring a general manager.
0: Yeah. You just let the the entire
2: hockey world see that you have a loose cannon running your organization. You've got some – combustible version of Al Davis living the just win baby at all costs, no matter what, no matter who's hurt or affected. Yep. Mindset. And you know what? Some of the people that reply to that tweet saying, you know, some old white guy who doesn't care, they'll take the job. Yeah, maybe right. And it's still an original six team in a major market. And there's still only 32 general manager jobs in the national hockey league. So somebody will take it, but the good ones, who have options? Serious moment of pause. Yep. And uh, and you know, I, I really struggle going there with this because trying to trying to think about the negative impact that this is gonna have on the organization to the credit of Gretzky should be completely secondary. And you're right, Paul. You nailed it. We can't forget what happened to Kyle Beach. Whether you're a Blackhawks fan or employee or just someone who enjoys playing the game of hockey. Beach wasn't the first. Ask Theo Fleury. Read mm-hmm. Theo Fleury's book. If you want to be physically ill, read Theo Fleury's book. Um he's not the first. He won't be the last. But we the hope is that the number of times that you hear about this dries up sooner than later. And that we have much higher standards for who's allowed to be around our children in the way that athletes at any level, whether they're five-year-olds pushing a plastic chair around the rink or the greatest players in the world are treated and the workplace that they are allowed to enjoy the game in. And that's the problem. How do you enjoy the game if this is the workplace that you have, if this is the guy signing your checks? Because this isn't, disagreeing with Jamie Dimon if you're a personal banker at Chase. This is a – sure, there are a ton of employees at the Chicago Blackhawks, but at the end of the day, you've got, what, 20 to 25 guys that are representing the team with the National Hockey League crest on their chest every night? And that's the guy that's ultimately recruiting them to come here? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the GM's part of it. Yeah, Danny's going to be part of it. Yeah, the fans are amazing, and the environment at the United Center can at times be as good as anything in the National Hockey League. But that's the guy who owns the team. And it's a really small club to be a part of, and you'd get to choose if that's the club that you want to be a part of. And I hate that that's where our minds go because it shouldn't be what's the – This is a PR nightmare? Sure. Are they going to struggle to get a GM? I can't imagine that they won't. Are they going to lose some money? Maybe. We'll see if any sponsors step up and say, you know what, that's not exactly how we roll. We're going to back away from a relationship now. Mm you have seen it with other teams. You saw FedEx pressured the Washington football team into changing the name from Redskins now to ultimately Commanders. Um, But... It's about the individual who was affected. The individuals, again, Kyle Beach wasn't the only person who was affected by this coach because the Blackhawks didn't do the right thing. He had further opportunities to hurt young people's lives in the game of hockey. Um, so it, it's just, it's a rotten onion with so many layers. And it's really pathetic uh, that it, it was the owner who jumped up. And I tweeted a picture of back from before the resurrection was realized of John McDonough and Rocky works. And we've talked about John McDonough and a lot of people who have been around John McDonough know that he was absolutely ruthless in business. The way that he can, the way that he ran that ship was tighter than probably any organization in sports. But which is how this story didn't get out sooner, frankly. But what we saw last night was that Rocky and John got along because they're cut from the same cloth. Uh, And it was disheartening because everything that Rocky did early in his tenure as an owner to bring fans back, to win the hearts and minds of hockey fans in Chicago once again, was soiled. And it's going to take a heck of a lot to bring those hearts and minds back, much less the wallets, back into the fold. And I'm not sure that Rocky Wirtz is personally going to be able to facilitate that. Not
0: yeah, no, I agree, I think it's 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 a bigger deal here, and I think you know you, you I don't know i'm I mean, I'm not pausing because I feel sorry for the Blackhawks organization here i i, I you know it's it's the other way around as far as I can only imagine Kyle Beach and, and his parents watching that and and everything else because that's I think the, the most frustrating thing and and the, let's maybe just talk about you know they had an opportunity here. They had an opportunity to to lead the way. They had an opportunity to to do better here, you know, um, and, and to you know hopefully maybe they they break out of this whole corporate thing and everything else. Because be damned, man, uh, you know this is tarnished now. This is the the beautiful Titanic that that won three championships and everything, but it's 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 sinking to the bottom of the ocean here right now, as far as I'm concerned, and I don't know if. Uh, you know, Wertz is kind of guy that's going to step aside. I guess maybe that that would be the the next question I'll throw back to you to maybe put a cap on this discussion here about this whole situation. Yesterday is what would you do? What do the Hawks need to do? To, do you know? Because you now you're, in, you're you're probably looking at maybe you know does Eddie Ulrich stay around here? Uh, does anybody else? How do how the I mean it trickles down to the players and everybody else who works for the organization? But if you're gonna if you're gonna save the Titanic here, Tab, what do you do? And, and, and if you're saving the Titanic. Titanic. You're also looking to save lives here, and you're also trying to at least... The pain that Kyle went through and everybody else uh, was affected by this to hopefully, I don't know, add to some sort of peace or something. I don't think this is so much about money anymore here. This is just about doing the right thing.
2: Yeah. Um, My two cents is this. Or obviously, Tab, the money prevents people from doing the right thing well but they have to and the rock in the hard place here is you have a principal leader who is clearly has issues that need to be dealt with and to your point about you know screw the organization to an extent jamie faulkner was not here then and i think the first thing that rocky said is no one no one's still here we got rid of everybody that was involved Except you, Rocky. Yeah. Except you. And in the investigation, they he had the plausible deniability and was able to say that I didn't know. But he was defensive enough last night that you do scratch your head a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and the way that McDonough was received a vote of confidence and two months later, quietly via nothing but a press release during the pandemic, right after we'd shut everything down, you just get a press release that he's no longer with the organization. Um, but I think there's twofold here. Did he know? And the bigger question, concern here is did he care? And my got feeling last night was that he didn't care. He cared that he got three rings. He cared that they won. And the plausible deniability that he was able to claim in that investigation finding was because John McDonough and him had an agreement that anything that he could get in trouble for or that could be pinned back at the highest level, the axe fell on him. John McDonough was the fall guy. He was the break between anything that was bad getting to Rocky and keeping Rocky from knowing anything so that he couldn't be liable for anything, which is no way to run an organization. Um, Danny Wirtz is his son. He bears the name. He has made the decision professionally and personally to step into the organization in the leadership capacity. But we saw last night that there is definitely a father and son relationship that still takes place there. He stepped in and tried to defuse the bomb and fall on the grenade and answer the question. His dad told him to shut up and finished his rant. Danny Phil Thompson uh, later tweeted that Danny approached him towards the end of the town hall uh, and graciously offered to provide him with some of the information that he was asking and and go more in-depth at a later time. Jimmy Faulkner was not part of the organization. Danny Wirtz was not in a leadership capacity in the organization. Uh, does Eddie Olchek, as a former player, as one of the great ambassadors of the brand on television nationally, Uh, But as someone who grew up in Chicago who recognizes what the culture of the Blackhawks organization should be about, does he say something? I don't know what that relationship is like between Rocky and Edzo. And so I I really can't speak to that. But there is one person who has a a relationship with Rocky that's longstanding enough, that has mutual parameters established enough that he can come in and say, you effed up something needs to happen. And that's Gary Bettman. And as someone who sits in the owners meetings, as the person, as the commissioner who represents the owners at large in collective bargaining, who is the employee of the owners, but the leader of the owners in that regard, um, if I was an owner of another team, if I was the group buying the Pittsburgh Penguins from scratch right now, uh, if I was the owner of one of the other original six teams, uh, you know, sure as hell, if if I was, uh, you know, up in Detroit, a second generation ownership group that had a a very, um, I think, more positive legacy to step into than Rocky did, or now Danny's going to have to, I would have huge problems with what he did because it represented ownership negatively. And I think that we need to hear something from the National Hockey League. And well, it can't, you know, be, you know, it you can't know. be a video breakdown from the Department of Player Safety. Yes, this has you, to be yeah. Gary Bettman putting a statement out that condemns not only what the Blackhawks did, but the way that Rocky dismissed it. I, again, this goes back to... Actions need to speak louder than words, but there are words that need to be said that are part of action. And what the NHL has said about the way that race has been dealt with has been good at times. But we're, as Anson Carter and others have enunciated, we still need to see that action playing out at every level. We look at what we talked about it last week. We looked at the incident with PK Subban's younger brother Jordan in the ECHL. Hockey needs to step up and have the action follow their words. But there are words that create actionable events. And Rocky, words pulled the pin out of a grenade last night. And the decision now is at the National Hockey League level with Gary Bettman alone. What do we do about this? Is this something that we are going to accept from ownership in this league? Because look, the Penguins were just bought. Arizona's a mess. Seattle's just joining the league now. This is a precedent-setting opportunity for Gary Bettman in the National Hockey League's office to say this is how our owners are going to be visible. This is how we are going to accept the way that our owners act. And we've talked on this show and Line Drive Radio and offline about how disappointed we've been in a lot of ownerships and individuals and positions of leadership in professional sports. And that's why there is such a, a friction between fans and owners right now. But this is where the league needs to step in and say, you know what, Rocky? Sorry, but a two-sentence apology because two media members had the audacity to ask you a question that everyone wanted an answer to. By the way, Rick Westhead wasn't invited last night. Rick Westhead isn't allowed in any of this stuff. And he's the one that's been banging the drum for Kyle Beach longer than anybody in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, the media is there to serve the public. And I think a lot of people forget that. And Mark Lazarus didn't walk in there. Phil Thompson didn't walk in there with an axe to grind. They didn't go up to Rocky and say, hey, Rocky, what the heck? How did you... Tell us with a straight face that you took a lie detector and said you didn't know. It wasn't a personal attack. It was a very sincere question, and he lost his marbles at it. Um, So for me, this is a time and place where we need Gary Bettman to step up, and on behalf of the other owners, the 31 other ownership groups and interests in the National Hockey League, on behalf of the players, he needs to step up and say to Rocky, you know what, Uh, I think someone else in the organization needs to be you are representative at ownership groups and someone else on behalf of your organization needs to be at the board of governors. And I think someone else needs to be the public facing owner of the team. Uh, I don't know that the national hockey league isn't a place to force someone to sell. Uh, What he said was disgusting, but it was not inflammatory in the way that the racist comments of like the owner of the Clippers were a few years ago. So I, I'm i torn on the forcing the Wurtz family to sell proposition. There's a lot of talk about that on social media right now. Make him sell. Kind of torn on that. But I think Rocky needs to no longer be affiliated with the Chicago Blackhawks. And the only person who's going to have the power and authority and has an established relationship in a context that would afford him the ability to inform Rocky of that decision is Gary Bettman. And the fact that we've heard nothing from Gary Bettman yet is disappointing for me.
0: Well, he's, he's at the All-Star game. They always face his uh, – they do the halfway point of the uh, the league, right? Update on how everything's the, going and stuff.
2: Gary's going to have to ang- – I don't want a letter Theoretic- tab. I want to Theoretic- see him in front of my microphone. Theoretically, he gives a State of the Union at the All-Star game. Yeah. And he'll do it again before the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. And – He was able to deflect before because of the investigation that the Blackhawks were undergoing. But now the investigation's final, and the first time that the ownership and the senior leadership of the organization answered the bell for it, your principal owner dismissed it and told everybody that it was done, move on. And I sure as hell hope that somebody in that crowd at the All-Star game that's got a microphone in front of Gary Bettman's face asks him what he thought. Because, Paul, yes, you know what? He'll meet the media, and someone will ask him the question about it. it shouldn't take that long.
0: And we'll find it, out it, now. We, it
2: shouldn't. We it shouldn't wait until a half hour before the skills competition. Oh <laughs> no, you're right. For him to grab a mic and sit in a the foyer at the arena in Vegas and laud Las Vegas for being such a model franchise and having such a wonderful game entertainment scene and you know, the most raucous arena in the league, blah, blah, blah. Good for Vegas. And I'm sorry, Vegas. Your event just got overshadowed Mm -hmm. by one of the other owners being a crybaby. And Gary Bettman should comment on that well before he gets in front of the mic, probably later today, if not tomorrow or this weekend. Uh, And he should be strong with what he says. We'll see, because Gary's had opportunities to be strong in the past, and sometimes he has, and sometimes he's backpedaled into lawyer speak and due process and everything else.
0: There's a lot of skeletons and a lot of owner's closets, man, across this league. And oh, there are. The sports. Oh, you there know are. that, man, so it'll this, be interesting. Oh,
2: absolutely there are, but this, this, this owner decided to rip his own Band-Aid off and let everybody see the wound.
0: Well, now it's tossed back
2: to see back how he reacted to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was, uh, you know, where Rocky's uh, opportunity. Chicago had an opportunity to to to, to do something positive here and, and be a leader. And now it falls on it falls on Bettman and the league. I, I agree with you. He's now now the NHL has to take this, and they've got to steer this ship in the right direction. Because other than that, I you everybody loves the game, loves the you know the sport and everything else. I mean, it, then it's just like you just. It's it's like teams. It's like fans when their teams just don't put the product on the ice. You just lose interest. You're not. You know. Um, I'm not. You know. I don't like it. I don't dig it. I don't want to be there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna invest any money and any time into it. So when you see an organization like Chicago, that you know, yesterday, basically, so we're not gonna show any interest into the human element of what happened here, and it's just about let's. How can we get you know your money to keep my legacy and my fortune going? And now the league is going to have this, uh, you know, Bettman's got to stand up here and, and we'll see what happens. I, I, you know, you know, for us to say or for me to say has to, should, all that other stuff, I mean, come on, you know, it'll be uh, we just got to sit back and watch and see what happens. I, you know, because ultimately, Tab, you know, he probably won't do a damn thing.
2: But you know what? Here's, here's the reality, Paul. Uh, I just said that on behalf of the league and other owners. Maybe Tom Wilson
0: should come out and make a statement for the league.
2: Oh, yeah, that's about right. Uh, no, but look, actions speak louder than words. Um, I, I think you're going to start seeing more significant blowback from fans of the game in Chicago. And right now, I mean, you can get in for 25 bucks. Season ticket holders are losing their shirts on their seats right now. People don't want to go to the game because the team sucks. So if Rocky wants to talk about the on-ice product, He's still going to be pissed because the team sucks. And he's spending a lot of money on the wrong pieces. Um, but I think we as fans of professional sports globally, not just the National Hockey League, not just hockey at large, not watching the Olympics or juniors or college. I mean, you hear this stuff about, you know, now there's issues up at the University of Michigan with a roster that's chock full of, High draft picks, including Owen Power. Um, Fans of sports need to hold the places that we spend our money to higher levels of uh, understanding that we want to see better from them. And it's not 1991 anymore. You don't hear through the grapevine about players getting hammered. It's not the 60s anymore. You don't hear through the grapevine about players like Bobby Hull smacking his wife around multiple times. Now a lot of things come out. We're able to know about these things because of the proliferation of media, and there needs to be accountability, and that accountability comes from actions. And what we have seen in the past is that money drives – decisions. Washington's football team didn't change their name until the title sponsor of their stadium told them that there was money involved. Because Daniel Snyder doesn't give a shit about whether or not the name of his football team is a racial slur. But when the money talks, suddenly he cares. Um, So what you need now is you need to see action that forces action. You need to see fans not tweeting about it but keeping the money in their pocket. Not buying the jerseys anymore. Not showing up to games. You need to see sponsors commenting. Where's United Airlines in this? FedEx forced action with Washington's football team. Where's United? It's the United Center. Mm -hmm. It's your logo on the top of the barn. Where are the sponsors? The fans are making their voice heard. The media is fed up. The media is disgusted. Now you need to see something force action. And again, it was pathetic that it took FedEx balking at the name of the football team in our nation's capital to get the name changed. It sh- You shouldn't have to wait that long for the money to force a decision here. You're right. They had the opportunity to be leaders. And what we saw last night is that they're, cho- they're actively choosing not to. They're actively choosing to ignore a transgression and blindly move forward like it never happened, and that doesn't work. I can't imagine how triggered other individuals who have been affected by sexual assault felt, Mm -hmm. hearing Rocky Wirts dismiss it last night. Mm -hmm. I've heard about it, I've had people tweet at me and send me messages on Twitter and Facebook and other places about how they felt as a victim and how it brought a lot of really painful issues up with that community. And that's not what we should want from our professional sports. If you want to root for something, you know what? There's really good guys on the Chicago Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves is a good dude. Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the all-time class acts in the league. Alex Dobrynkit's a good guy. There's some really good players on that team. Seth Jones and his brother Caleb. Great story. Good players, it's, but it's really hard to separate rooting for the player from the logo on his chest because what 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 is what is the rallying cry of coaches? You play for the name on the front, not the name on the back. So how do you play for the name on the front when the name on the front is associated with someone who doesn't give a crap mm-hmm. and is dismissive about something this serious and this severe? Because the name on the front goes back almost 95, 96 years. Ninety-seven years of history for the Chicago Blackhawks, and most of it's been affiliated with the Wirtz family. And this is another really dark passage in the relationship between the Wirtz family and the fan base here in Chicago. And uh, it's it, it's going to be a really long, painful road for Jamie Faulkner, Danny Wirtz, and whomever else is placed in a position of authority and leadership to guide this thing back to where they want it to be, whether it's profitable, whether it's winning hockey, doesn't matter. The organization needs to do right by the community and the people who pay money to cheer for them, and they have failed miserably again. Uh, and that's why I'm looking to Gary Bettman to do something, because he's the guy that needs to. And I agree. And uh, Because know. you know what? If they do something inside the organization, if he chooses to step away... Stan Bowman knew about the assault for 10 years and he was allowed to resign. Joel Quinville knew about it for 10 years. He was allowed to resign. If they, if, if, if Rocky Wurtz is afforded the right to step away on his own terms, he's still dictating the narrative. The league needs to be harsh and firm and they need to be quicker than they have been. Because the league needs to set a precedent for what their expectations are from owners. And this ain't it.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it. But we will see. We'll see. We've got a little time here to see what happens over the weekend. Um, Unfortunate stuff here in Chicago, no doubt about it. So, Tab, look, uh, before I let you go today, uh, it is the All-Star weekend. We're at the midpoint of the season here. Um, we all know what the product on the ice there is in Chicago. I got a real taste of what the product is going on in uh, on Long Island at um, UBS Arena last night. But as far as the West and the East, um, and I brought this up with Joe earlier too, about a 10-point gap here between last uh, playoff spot, wild-card spot there with Boston down at the bottom there and to anybody that's close to getting in. And then on the West side, uh, three to five points between few few teams. So I think, you know, the, the run here towards the end here on the west side looks like it's going to be uh, a lot of fun in terms of teams uh, staying in the mix till the end. And on the east side, it, it pretty much looks like, you know, if you're in a playoff spot right now, you're probably not going to lose it. Just wanted to get your take on that uh, with the all-star weekend here, this the break and everything at halfway point.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right. The east is top-heavy. In the Metropolitan, you've got four teams within five points of each other, and then you've got an 18-point gap between Washington and Columbus. And I just – I mean, look, the Islanders have eight games in hand on Washington. They're 19 points back. It's a big ask. You watched them last night. They got it handed to them on their home ice by the Seattle Kraken. That can't happen if you want to be a playoff team. In the Atlantic, you know, your top four, you've got a nine-point gap between Detroit and Boston, I think, if we're real. Uh, Detroit's building something. I think Eiserman's doing a great job building something special that's coming. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, just look at the goal differentials in the two divisions in the East. Four positive, four negative in both divisions, and it ain't close. Boston's plus 11. Behind them, Detroit, minus 32. (laughs) In the Metro, Washington's plus 22. Columbus, minus 23. So you've got almost a 50-goal swing just in plus minus half more than halfway through the season between fourth and fifth place. Mm-hmm. So the, the playoffs I think are sorted out. What becomes interesting for me in the East now is who wants to go for it and how far do they go for it? Cause I look at the New York Rangers tied with Carolina in the Metro. Carolina's got five games in hand on the Rangers and they both got 64 points, but the Rangers are interesting because they've got a lot of young guys locked up. They've got a ton of depth on the blue line. They need to figure out some scoring Uh, you know, they've scored two fewer goals in Carolina. And again, Carolina has got five games in hand on them. So you'd like to see the offense be a little bit better You'd like to see Adam Fox get healthy. Um, you know, do the Rangers make a bold move? They've got a little cap space to wiggle with right now. Now next year when Foxy's getting paid and other guys are getting paid, it's not there, but do they, do they make a big swing and rent something that they think gets them over the top? You look at Florida right now, three points up on Tampa, uh, the Maple Leafs are interesting. Boston, maybe they become a player. So in the East, I think right now it's how badly do these teams want it and how what do they do to position themselves in the playoffs? Because you look 1-3 to three right now. I think for Boston being six points back at Toronto, I don't know if Boston's got the horses to make that interesting. Washington should have the horses, but health is such a huge concern for them. Now Ovi's out with COVID, but Pittsburgh losing four straights at least kept them interesting. But, you know, how do these teams work themselves at the, at the trade deadline to navigate those top four spots? And to what degree do some of these younger teams at the bottom sell or buy even? If you're Detroit, do you look at, a, at possibly bringing in a contract that's beyond this year, Chitron, that would help you, <laughs> you know, beyond this season, you know? If you're the Islanders, is this a one-off? You've been a consecutive Stanley Cup you know, conference final rounds. Is this year just a health created aberration and you play through or do you have, have you identified significant changes that you have to make on the roster in the, in the West? It's a different animal. Um, you look at the central division and Dallas right now is in fifth. Uh, they're, they've got one game in hand on St. Louis. They're eight, nine points back of St. Louis, but Dallas is a team that again upside down in the gold differential there's a 34 gold difference in the differential between St. Louis and Dallas uh, and Dallas obviously has the ticking time bomb of John Klingberg wanting out and wanting to get paid mm-hmm. um, I don't know that Winnipeg with 14 points back of St. Louis uh, has the, the horses to make that interesting uh, and the Pacific is a mess because Vegas refuses to go away yeah that Vegas team on paper should be pulling away. And look, Vegas, I mean, they've got a really nice lineup when it's all healthy, but they're going to have to make some massive decisions about players like Riley Smith because they've got Jack Eichel coming with a fat number and they can't fit it in. Yeah. So Vegas is a first-place team that's going to have to sell to have their A lineup out there. So what do they? how do they navigate this thing to make it work with Eichel and keep themselves in a the position – to win that division because the upstart Kings aren't going away. I mean, remember at the beginning of the season, we were talking about how bad the state of California was going to be. And now you've got Anaheim and LA. And by the way, shout out to Pat Verbeek for being yeah, there, the buddy. GM of the Ducks. I mean, yep. little ball and negotiation. Yeah, nice team apparently. he's taking on. Yeah. Uh, he's got a fun young group out there to play with. But, um, but the, both LA and Anaheim are only two points back of Vegas. Uh, and, and Calgary's creeping in the background and Edmonton, I don't think is going to go away. I think they're motivated to get in because like Mike Trout in baseball, you don't want to have the best player on the planet sitting there watching the playoffs on his couch. So, uh, and then San Jose sitting there with 48 points, one point behind Edmonton. How about we get a nice play in round here with San Jose, getting a tee off on a Vander Kane. How does that feel? <laughs> um, but it's going to be very – I think this this is one of the most intriguing trade deadlines that I can remember in recent memory because you've got so many just terrible teams that are looking to tank that have cap space that are probably going to be willing to utilize that cap space as part of their tanking approach uh, to maybe add draft assets to try and flip the needle pretty quickly. You've got other teams like Dallas and Winnipeg that might be forced to sell because it ain't working and they're spending a lot of money on guys who aren't going to be there next year. And then you got other teams that are young and on the come that might look to buy more long-term because they believe in their young group. And I'm looking at Anaheim, even Vancouver, who's not having the season that they hoped, but they've righted the ship a lot after wasting a month on the wrong coach. You look at New Jersey, bottom feeders, but I, I think it, it's hard to not like some of the young talent on that team. Jesper Bratt's fantastic. Um I mean, you look at Detroit and what they've been able to do. They're interesting. Do they buy thinking long term? Uh, So, you've got some, it's going to be really interesting to see who buys, who sells, and how those top four, five teams in the different divisions navigate how hard they attack seeding and how hard they attack having the right group of guys to make a run. Because if you're in the East, if you're Washington, you figure you're going to get in. But are you more motivated to get either the Penguins or Rangers in the first round and avoid Carolina at all costs,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or do you think you know what? If we get in and we're healthy, we can dance with anybody. So give us Carolina, we're cool. We're just going to get in. Um, but I mean, I I look around it. I said it last week. I, I'm saying it again. I I don't know. I don't see a team in the West that's going to be able to touch Colorado. Obviously, that's why you play the games. And that, I, I think Minnesota is a, a marvelous team. They're nine zero and one in their last ten. Uh, They're the only team other than Colorado with a plus 40 goal differential right now. Uh, They beat the heck out of the Blackhawks last night, but that should be expected. But, I mean, you've got in the East, Carolina, the Rangers, Toronto, Tampa, Florida, even Boston, Washington. All eight of those teams that you look at possibly getting in, you could make a case, could come out of the East. Absolutely. In the West, I don't know how anybody touches Colorado. I really don't, especially... If Bowen Byram comes back, if they're able to use some of their cap flexibility and find a creative way to fit a Marc-Andre Fleury in there, I mean, 22-2 and two on home ice. Kind of I don't great. know what happens. And, if, they, and they, if the conference is going to go through Denver, I mean, Sackick is able to sit there comfortably with a cigar in his mouth in his office and look at tweaking what he needs to go run away with the West and then worry about how they beat each other up in the East. So I'm fascinated to to see how this deadline plays out because you got some teams that nobody expected to be in the playoff picture either. Nashville, Kings, Ducks, Flames. These are teams that I think in many regards have exceeded what you kind of hoped for going into this year, but a lot of them are younger. So how much do they leverage their young talent to go for it, or do they just chalk this one up as a playoff experience here? I think 23-24 is when they're really going to go for broke. Because, look, we talked about it. Vegas, they're going to have to burn something down to make room for Eichel, and then they're going to be a really top-heavy team. And with where L.A. and Anaheim are now, you have to think that the arrows are pointing hard up for Southern California right now. So it's going to be fascinating, man. I can't wait for the trade deadline, and I can't wait to talk about that instead of owners being dumbasses.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I look uh, maybe the Avalanche probably want to avoid Calgary in any round. Maybe the first round of the uh, playoffs. I think Mark, Markstrom could stand on his head, and I guess uh, with Sutter, if, they have, if, if Calgary's healthy in the playoffs, and the way Markstrom's been playing this year, and you put him in a seven-game series, it's usually how it happens, right? You got oh,
2: Calgary's only played fifteen of their forty-two games at home.
0: Oh, see,
2: they've got a massively home-loaded back half of this season coming.
0: Good they coach only, there. They stay healthy.
2: Good coach. Interesting. Remember we started the season, you look at everybody's predictions, you look at what we said at the fourth period when we give our who's the biggest name to get traded? Johnny Gaudreau was on the top of every one of those lists. Yeah. Johnny Hockey might be having a little more fun than people thought he would. And Calgary's got six games in hand on Anaheim. I mean they got they're 5 points back of Vegas and they played the fewest games of the playoff teams out there. Edmonton and Calgary are sitting at forty two games each right now. So they got some they got some room to make some stuff up. But yeah, I mean I I think we're gonna have a fun deadline and I think it's gonna start sooner than later because of what I said. I think you're gonna see the teams in the East start to move well before the trade deadline because they're gonna start wanting to navigate their way through the seeding process because I think if you're if you're Washington, if you can climb up a little bit you can get some games on home ice. And if you can avoid Carolina in that first round, that's ideal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in the West, it's going to be interesting to see how a team like St. Louis might want to go for it. Minnesota might buy hard. They've won six straight going into it here. And the Minnesota team's dangerous, and they've got some really fun young pieces. Um, I think Minnesota might be the only team that I would say has a fighter's chance at Colorado issues. So we're going to see how it plays out. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. i just looking at Cal- Calgary's schedule here in March. You know, I was looking at when they when the, when's the next time they play the Avs. It's not till March 5th and then you know, you got a lot of the makeup stuff here after the um with the Olympics being down, but man, just I'm I'm sure it's everybody, but just looking at Calgary, 16 games in March and it's all 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 you just brought it up. They've got 12 of their 16 games in March at home.
2: <laughs> and they're five points back of vegas in the pacific with four games in hand on the knights
0: johnny hockey baby it's my sleeper team i like i always love and i love good draw they got a good team there it's it'll be interesting marksman's just playing, playing great so we'll see what happens let's look forward man you said it all man all the stuff we got to look forward to after this all-star weekend um tab just uh phenomenal stuff on the serious talk today as always um and especially like i said from your hometown chicago and We'll watch. We'll see if the league does anything at all this week, and, and that's all we can do. But we'll be back here to talk about it next week if anything does come out of it, folks. And we appreciate it. And, Tab, we appreciate you, man. So have a super weekend. Thanks for your time today. Uh, you know,
2: I will try. Uh, one last thing, a positive note uh, to on behalf of the, the Blackhawks. Uh, with uh, tomorrow, Friday the 4th of February, being a significant day in the life of yours truly, uh, I share that with a number of notable professional athletes. Most notably, uh, well, maybe not most notably, depends on where you live, but uh, a big happy birthday wish tomorrow to Savoie Fair, uh, Denny Savard celebrating a birthday tomorrow as well, uh, as is uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Lawrence Taylor. Woo-hoo-hoo. Big birthday for the, uh, for, the, for the sports fans out there.
0: And especially you, buddy. A very big happy birthday to you, man. We love you. Yeah.
2: It's uh, it, it's a dyslexic birthday for the fat kid this year. I'm turning 4-2 two on 2-4. Two <laughs>
0: woo
2: So there you go. I don't know ah, if I get a prize jealous. for that or I just have to pay for my own expensive cigar, but get to go watch <laughs> my kid play some basketball instead of having a nice steak dinner. So, you know, <laughs> that's his life.
0: It's all good, man. It's all good. Look, brother, very happy birthday. You know how much I... uh. I care about you and everything, so uh, just have an awesome day tomorrow and, and uh, have a super weekend. And as always, man, good stuff here on THS, brother. So uh, I got to ask you one thing though before I let you go. I mean, Uh-oh. what what does Ted Bamford ask for on his birthday?
2: Well, being that it's 12 degrees and we got 14 inches of snow in the last 24 hours, ugg boots were on the list. <laughs> uh, got to get them while they're hot before Tom Brady fades into anonymity. Um, yeah, you know what? I hate having a birthday five weeks after Christmas because it's like, ah, I haven't used all my gift cards yet. So <laughs> uh, kind of leave it out there for the folks to surprise me a little bit. We'll see what comes in. But uh, definitely uh, ask for a little money to spend at the Baseball Hall of Fame this summer when I take the kid out there for his travel baseball tournament in Cooperstown. So
0: nice. we'll,
2: uh, we'll see what plays out there. But usually most years the Super Bowl is on my birthday, so we'd grab a couple nice cigars and – a glass of something expensive and enjoy some football, but the idiots moved it back a week this year, so I'm gonna have to somehow get myself out of a night before Valentine's Day dinner to go watch some foosball. But uh, the struggle, man, the struggle,
0: the struggle.
2: But uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see what comes up. But if you'd like to support uh, support the fat kid, you can find me on Twitter. Feel free to ask me for my Venmo. We'll we'll definitely take any contributions to the fat kid's lazy fund. Uh, and uh, if you want to send any cigars my way happy to give a mailing a a P.O. box to those interested as well
0: too much send the guy some love and THS rolls on right, that's a wrap for this week it was a long one Sometimes you got to talk about the stuff that you got to talk about. I want to thank Joey and Tab for the takes here on uh, Mr. Rocky Works and uh, the NHL here at the halfway mark. Lots of hockey left. Good hockey, hopefully. Hopefully we'll have more good hockey news to talk about as we roll forward. And we'll get Stevie back here next week. I think it was uh, his turn to uh, feed the Dolphins down here on the Gulf Coast this week. That's why I couldn't do it today. But we'll get Stevie back here next week. Enjoy the All-Star break, everybody. Enjoy the game. Tune in. Skills competition should be a lot of fun. And as always, thank you guys for tuning in, listening, subscribing, following us everywhere at That Hockey Show. Say hi to us on the Twitter. All the accounts are up on the At That Hockey Show Twitter account. And until then, as we always say here at THS, keep your head up be safe out there. Woohoo! VHS is out.